Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to just pray for a second. Lord God, I just thank you and I praise you, Father, for this beautiful day. I thank you for your love and your mercy and your kindness. Lord, we pour out our praises to you. You gave us this breath in our lungs. You chose to be in relationship with us and get close. You formed us from the dust. We thank you for the birds that are singing. We thank you for this cool breeze. We thank you for everybody that's here that you've created. We thank you for your mercy and your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Children, it's time for Sunday school. If you're four years old to seven years old, we'd love you to come and join Miss Kathy. She's right over there. And, and, and Tracy, um, and uh, wave your hand, Miss Kathy. That's my lovely wife over there. So kids, follow her into Sunday school. And if you're new here today and you'd like to go to Sunday school, and, um, they'll help you get registered over there. So you can join with. Well, I'd like you to listen for a moment to Jesus' words. A sower went out to sow seeds, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rocks, and as it grew up, it withered because it had no moisture. And some fell on the thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked it. And it fell into good soil and grew and, and some fell into good soil and it grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things and he called out and he says, he who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, to you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. For others, they are in parables so that in seeing they may not see and in hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God, and the ones along the path are those who have heard. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rocks are those that when they hear, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and then in a time of testing, they fall away. And what fell among the thorns, they are the ones who hear, And they go on their way, and they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And as for the good soil, those who hear the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is from Luke chapter 8, 5 through 15. Well, good morning. It's so good to be with all of you today. So good to see everybody. You know, we have some new friends here today and some very old friends here today, and we have some friends online joining us. You know, if you're new here with us today, my name is Ken, and I'm just one of the sowers here at Crosswinds Church. And I want you to know whether you're black or whether you're white or whether you're brown, whether you identify as male or or female or something else, or whether you're politically conservative or whether you're liberal or whether you're rich or poor or you're gay or you're straight, this place is a place you're going to be loved. And this place is a place you're going to be accepted because you matter to God and you matter to me. If you were here last week, I I asked everybody to read this parable of Jesus every day this week and, and, and try to absorb it. How many people did that? (laughs) 
You know, this parable is about listening. <laughs> that was what my whole message was about last week. <laughs> you know, a couple years ago, I, I bought one of those little Alexa things from Amazon. And my wife says I like it because it's the only thing that really listens to me. Anyways, um, <laughs> well, I'm preaching the same text again. So if you missed the message, anyways, um, in this text, Jesus says, are the secrets of the kingdom of God. And, and so I thought it's important that we preach it again. And, and, and actually, I'm going to preach it again the next week just from different angles. And so there's going to be a different angle on the text. Um, and uh, Jesus said in it, he who has ears, let them hear. See, all the soils represent the receptivity to really hearing his gospel because of the conditions of our hearts. See, there's many obstacles to us really hearing Actually, he says that three quarters of the time, the seed, which is the word of God, doesn't produce any fruit. Um, and and uh, that's because our hearts are either hard to it or they're shallow or they're distracted, according to Jesus. But that a quarter of the time, that seed hits good soil and the return is a hundredfold. Which is an amazing return. I mean, if you could invest a dollar and it returned a hundred in return, that's an amazing return. As believers, we know that God's seed or his word is good. It comes from him. According to John, the seed is Jesus himself. John said this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and Jesus is the word. And, and so, um, you know, it, we know it's good. And you know what? I have found that, that, I've met very few people that have a problem with Jesus. People like Jesus. I, I, you know, um, Jesus also, or, or John also says, in, in the word there is life. And so in the seed there, there is life. And, and, and in general, people like Jesus, but, um, you know, this, this day actually when he preached this, there was a huge crowd to see Jesus. But the reality is people sometimes struggle believing that there's life in him and that that and and, and they they struggle believing his message and they struggle finding that life. You know, there's atheists out there that like Jesus. There's actually a group out there called um, uh, Atheists for Jesus. I think they have a website and they get together and have meetings. Um, they, They don't believe that he's God, but they like his mercy and they like his compassion. They like what he taught. Um, it's, they would say it's the followers that they often don't like of Jesus. Jesus' message was that God is merciful and that he is compassionate and that he is willing to forgive us. But most of us, or many of us, have a block to hearing that message. And we have a block to receiving that message in our hearts and, and letting that mercy and compassion grow in us. Jesus says this later in, in, in that passage I just read, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And that's a quote from Isaiah chapter 6. See, Isaiah, the prophet, he saw this vision of God and all his glory and in all his goodness. 
And when the light of God's glory and goodness was revealed to Isaiah, what happened to Isaiah is in contrast, his sin was revealed. And the sin of the people that lived around him. And so Isaiah cries out, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst uh, amidst a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. See, as soon as Isaiah received the truth of how good God was, he acknowledges how sinful he truly is. And as soon as he acknowledged how sinful he was before God, God sends a mighty seraphim, an angel, uh, a heavenly being, to touch his altar and, and grab a coal and, and touch his tongue, which, which forgave him. It atoned for his sin, removing all of his sin. And then a voice comes down from heaven and says, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I, Isaiah volunteers himself to go out there and be a sower, a messenger of God's word. And God's message to him is basically that through this message that God is good and wants to forgive, that, that most will not hear it and, and, and most will not repent. Which is not a problem with God or, or a, God, a problem with God's message. It's a heart problem of the hard, thorny, and rocky hearts of the people in Israel. They're distracted. Hit that generation. They're distracted. Their hearts are hard. And they face God's judgment instead of his mercy because they refuse to hear about his mercy. See, man is supposed to be created in God's image. But because our hearts are hard towards God, we often imagine him as hard towards us and we don't hear him. It's like we've created God in our image, hard. And we don't turn and find forgiveness like Isaiah did. And now Jesus is speaking to a new generation. And he knows that hardness and that rocks and that thorns are natural to the soil of everyone's heart, to all human hearts. They're, 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 they're natural to my heart. And he, he's teaching the disciples what will be necessary so that people may see with their eyes and that they might hear with their ears and that they might be saved by God. And he's teaching them the secret that will be, bring success that they might hear. And what has fascinated me is I've meditated on this passage. The one word in it is the word moisture. Moisture. Luke's gospel is the only one of the, the three accounts of this, this, this parable that, that uses the word moisture. You know, he says this, And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. In, in Matthew's and Mark's gospel, it records the obstacles for growth. It says there is no depth of soil because of the rocks. You know, in the other two soils, all of them state that there was hard ground and that there are thorns. Those are both obstacles. But in this gospel, there's, it, 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 it says the solution for growth. 
for all three soils. Moisture. See, Galilee is known for fertile ground. Some of the ground, though, had limestone, limestone below the surface, very shallow below the surface. And if seeds fell on that ground and they started to grow, the, and the soil was shallow with the hot Mediterranean sun beating down, the moisture then would evaporate quickly so the plants would wither because it couldn't drive down roots and get moisture because of the rock. And the thorny soil... Moisture was the same problem. The weeds aggressively sucked up all the moisture and choked up the plants' moisture, the healthy plants' moisture. And then the, think about it, the hard path. What would have happened on the hard path? It's beat down where people walked in the ground or on the road. And so moisture could not seep into the soil and it became hard and it became dry. And so the seeds just hit the ground and the birds... Um, could just eat the seeds off the top because the seeds would not penetrate into the ground. Moisture is a problem in all three. But see, if water, if enough water came and even fell on the hard path, that would create mud and those seeds would have a chance to sick, stick and, 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 and drive down some roots so the birds may not be able to take it. See, there's life in the seed, in the word of God. If there's water... There's not an obstacle for growth. If you look out in our parking lot, you're going to see some grass coming through it, through the hard path, because there's water underneath. Right? You might see it in here. We tried to pick it all off, but you can see it coming through the cracks in our parking lot. Water brings life. Without water, nothing's going to grow with that seed. Seeds need water. That's, that's, that's something I'd never seen in this passage before. Jesus said this in John 37. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. Now he said this about the spirit whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as of yet, the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not glorified. The scripture says that Jesus is the word who became flesh or the seed. But water here is referred to as the spirit of God, which God has sent to help guide us in the word, to help us understand the word, to help the word be fruitful in our lives. Now, when we come to faith in Jesus, he promises us to give us the word or the the, the spirit in abundance. Rivers of it. Water. Water. Rivers of water has the potential to change soil, doesn't it? Just look at the Grand Canyon. That's evidence, right? Water can wash away weeds, can't it? It can break through a hard path. It can take out a road. It can break up rock. Water makes things grow. Just look along the creek here and you'll see evidence that the water's just made everything grow like crazy over there. Not so much over here. And notice, as water starts flowing through you, when you drink through Jesus, we 
become sources. This is a perfect picture of evangelism. We become sources as well. We become springs, rivers of living water to break up hard ground to other people. He says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. Come to a person. We don't have living water from a religion. We don't have living water from a theology or information. We have living water when we come to Jesus himself, to a person. From a fellowship with him. From a relationship with him. What what makes us an overflowing source to others? Well, the text says the spirit had not yet been given. So, so Jesus is talking about a, a future event to his audience. Something had to happen before that water would really start flowing to the world in an abundant way. Jesus would have to die for our sins and, and he would have to be raised again on the third days. Uh, Joel 2.28 says this, And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, even on male and female servants in those days. I will pour out my spirit. So when Christ died, his, pour, his spirit, God's Holy Spirit, was poured out on, on, on his people. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And we became springs, those who believe, springs of water. Something new was coming to shock the soil that, that didn't happen for Isaiah. More potential moisture than was ever before on the world because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. There's so much potential for the world to have water now because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We are all potential springs. When Jesus said we would do greater things than him, it's, it's because while it would be great to sit here today and listen to Jesus speak, to, to listen to his preaching, now the miracle is his word and his spirit can dwell in each of us, releasing the power and the potential of the seed, which has even more power to break up rocks and soften hearts and moisten thorny, thorny soil all over the world so that God's good seed will not be stolen. It will not be withered. It will not be choked out in others. And God's kingdom can grow bigger and stronger than ever before. I want you to think about the water or the moisture as God's loving mercy to us. Jesus said this, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be like sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and also on the unjust. The expectation that Jesus had for his disciples was that living water would flow through us, that mercy would flow through us from God to others. Jesus was ushering in among his disciples a new kingdom, a a new culture to the world, one where good soil, where life and beauty could grow productively. But you need soil. You need soil to hold in that moisture in nature. How do we get soil? How do we get soil in nature? 
Some things have to change, don't they? Rain falls from heaven and it breaks down the rocks and this provides minerals and then vegetation has to die and, 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 and organic life has to die and it decays and over time, rich soil is produced. You know, for this something new to happen, rocks have to be changed. God's word says, and I will give them one heart, a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove their heart of stone from their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. Did did you notice those pronouns were all plural? As this rock is broken up in our hearts, as we drink God's spirit in, a new life comes from his word, and our sin dies in each of us, Fertile soil is created. Good soil is created. Good culture is created around us for other disciples to take root. The culture of our world makes us think very individually about this parable. Think about our individual hearts. And I've often thought about this individually about my own heart. But this is not about just our own hearts. And we're not hearing Jesus completely if we don't think corporately about it. Let's look at this text again. It says, one falls along the path and one falls along the rocks. One falls along the weeds. There are cultures of soil that are hostile to seeds. And there are cultures of soil which are favorable to seeds. Plants tend to flourish In fields where other plants have died and where they have contributed to making the soil rich. In places where other plants have have broken up and and sent their roots down and broken up the rocks and, 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 and allowed more moisture to get through. And so things are growing more fully in those places. In places where strong plants have grown tall and and created shade to choke out some of the weeds where the roots actually hold the soil down and prevent land erosion, holding the soil there and holding the moisture there. The community or the fellowship of the church needs to be that kind of culture. You know, people are are often very focused today on the personality of the preacher or, or the programs of a church, which is thinking individualistically, And I think wrongly about the church. Because what keeps people from hearing the message is not the preacher. It's the soil. The preacher is just the guy like Isaiah who said, God, here I am, send me. It's all he is. And the seed is good. He's just scattering seed. What is good seed? Without good soil. Useless. Without fellowship of a good church. Disciples are not going to grow. There's nothing to retain the moisture in the new seed that's critical for its growth. So that it may grow and produce fruit. In my 15 years or so as a pastor. In my 25 years or so as a sower of the gospel. I have found 
that what keeps Jesus' seed from being productive, from people staying and hearing, has often been a church culture that was too hard in its attitudes without mercy. And the seed was too immature and and there's no deep love around it. And so they were on the surface and the devil snatched them up too easily. And often where there was some growth in them and some excitement, there was not the moisture of encouragement that was given, only the hard rocks of judgment or maybe indifference. And, And sometimes... There were too many thorns, distractions, gossip, politics, social issues, or church programs that choked out the seed from the moisture of grace through God's word. For something good to grow from a seed that is preached, good soil needs to surround and nourish the seed that just fell fell to the ground, fell to the ear. You know, the method of farming in ancient Palestine was to do it in the rainy season when there was moisture. And the farmer would scatter seeds first on the ground, on the moisture. And then they came by and plowed the seeds or cultivated the seeds into the ground. You know, the word culture actually comes from the word cultivating or preparing the ground. If you look up the word culture in Webster's Dictionary, it's the active process of cultivating living material. When the culture is right, life grows naturally. When the elements are there. We're not meant to grow alone, friends. But in fellowship with one another. In fellowship with God's people. When we do that, We increase hearing. We increase the receptivity of our soil. When love is there, when grace is there, it produces space to grow. Because more moisture is added to the soil as we each drink Jesus in and his spirit flows out of us to one another. More minerals are added as stony hearts are turned into flesh hearts. And as we die to our old lives... And our selfishness is, is, is put to death. More organic material is added to the soil. As we go through manure together, let's be honest, as we go through manure together, it strengthens us, strengthens us, and, and, and it creates fertile ground for growth and for fruitfulness. Beloved, today is a special day at Crosswinds. We're making soil today. We're here to do two things. One, to recognize a special couple who helped me plant this church 15 years ago. There may be some moisture during this part. Um, I was very fortunate that I fell next to them into some deep soil in a Sunday school class over 25 years ago. The water flowing off them through the Spirit of God and others created a culture there of friendship, love, 
and mercy that created a space for all of us to grow. There's a YouTube video with some pictures. We are all very young then. Pete and I are like the presidents. Our hair has grown gray um, in this time. Uh, there we learn to die to self. We learn to serve God, each other, and the community around us. We were young men. We learned to help and set up and break down. Pete was here yesterday setting up and breaking down. The soil became moist and deep. And through that, many other seeds were nourished and that church just flourished and exploded. So much so that Pete and Lori and Kathy and I and John and Karen and Steve and Courtney and Michelle and Al and Jamie and DR and Lena were like potting soil that were sent out to mend some new ground and plant Crosswinds Church for new seeds to grow in new hearts. But we first had to die. The Apostle Paul says this, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I watched Pete and Lori leave a church they loved for the sake of others that did not know Jesus. They both worked long hours serving in careers that served others. Pete, a policeman, and Lori, the head of the school nurses in Plainfield. Their love and service made space for others. They died to themselves over and over again, being humble, very humble, allowing two other seeds that fell next to them to lead them, giving us grace, giving us grace to grow. They knew firsthand how hard and how rocky and how thorny their pastor's sins could really be. Because they were our friends. They gave up the fancy church programs for themselves and for their children that could have just served them in a larger church. They gave up their lives to serve other people. Every Sunday, Lori was teaching children, greeting people at the door, so was Pete, managing the church finances every Sunday, counting the, the money and tracking it for us. They hosted and opened up their home to lead life groups in their home. They stepped up to serve in any way possible, any way they were ever asked for the last 15 years. That kind of commitment was hard for them. They gave up their life to do that. They often faced thorny attitudes in others. So they had to do more than their own share. The ground of Plainfield was hard. It was rocky. But through their sacrifice, a soil was created where others could grow and did grow in this place. Today, we baptize three new people. You are being planted into rich soil made deep and nutritious by their and others' sacrificial love and commitment. Pete and Lori died to self to create a culture of grace 
to give space for a new life to grow. Well, I watched the sacrifices Pete and Lori made to give up their lives for others. The secret of the kingdom is this, that in that commitment, they found new life themselves. I have watched God bless them and their children as they dug deeply into Christ and their family flourished and grew. God grew them. He made them oaks of righteousness in this community, planted by streams of water because of their commitment to the word and obeying the Spirit's leading and the fellowship always being in the fellowship of God's people. A place of grace where many new seeds flourished in their shade as oaks of righteousness. But I want you to know, those being baptized today, you new seeds, they weren't always oaks. All of us acorns together were pretty nutty at first. An oak friends, is just a nut who falls into good soil and stays committed. For good to grow in our lives and in our church, we need a good soil or a good culture. And for that, friends, something needs to die. Our sin and our self-focus and our self-selfishness needs to die through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus did not make the soil of our hearts better by preaching at us. He didn't. He made the soil of our hearts better by dying for us. He is the only truly good soil. There were no hard places, no rocks or no thorns in his heart. He was full of grace and mercy. He overflowed with it. God, in his love, set him to amend the soil of all of our hearts by dwelling among us and by loving us. On the cross, he gave his life for us. He gave us his love. In essence, he gave us his goodness or his sinlessness as the son of God. He traded it. For our sin. He put our sin to death in his body. This is interesting. Because the last thing he said on the cross, or one of the last things he said was, I thirst. Since he is also the one who said this, Blessed are all those who hunger and thirst for righteousness so they shall be filled in love. He must have emptied himself completely of all of his righteousness on the cross. When he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He gave everything to us on the cross. And then he said, Father, Into your hands I commend my spirit or commit my spirit. Total surrender is what Jesus gave 
of his good soil to amend the thorny, rocky, and hard soil of our hearts. Perfect love. He died. And a Roman soldier thrust a spear straight into his heart and out flowed blood and water. Jesus was a dry seed that was then planted into a borrowed tomb. But it wasn't over. Three days later, the life in that seed bloomed again. And he walked out of the grave because he is the firstborn of all creation. He is the image of the invisible God. And in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And the corruption of the grave could not hold that seed. Could not stop the power of that seed. And today, those who put their faith in that seed, that seed of God that lived, died, and rose again, will be forgiven of their sins. And they will be given everlasting life. Today, three people, Kaylee, Seth, and Lauren, came to be baptized by faith in him. They will join with him today in death, burial, and resurrection by faith. They, like Pete and Lori, will die to themselves and live for him so they can be used as good soil so that others can live eternal, eternally too. The scriptures say, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Second Timothy 2.12 Beloved, you can join with them today. Friends, baptism does not save you. It's your faith in the seed of God that saves you. Baptism is just committing or joining in with the fellowship of his people. Identifying yourself with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. He calls us to follow him in baptism. Surrendering ourselves, humbling ourselves, dying ourselves by getting immersed or buried in water. Water makes the seed grow. It is our first step of obedience, our first dying to self. As a disciple, it helps us and it also helps others grow. It creates a culture of sacrificial love and grace that gives space for more growth so that his kingdom may grow. May we baptize many so that his kingdom may grow, which is the secret of his kingdom. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love to us. Thank you for sending us, Jesus. Father, if there's anybody here that has not yet put their faith and their trust in him, Father, right now, may they by faith turn from their sin and turn to him. May they believe in the good seed who came down from heaven, full of mercy and grace, to die for them and to be raised on the third day. May they believe in his promise of everlasting life and his forgiveness 
by faith and be saved. We thank you for the work that you're doing here in this place right now and the work you may be doing online and the work that you'll be doing in the soil created by that in the future. Send your Holy Spirit through power and might water those seeds going out right now. Pour out more into your world. Do it again and again and again that this world may be changed by your love. In Christ's name, I pray. This is a time of response. If you'd like to pray with somebody, if you have a commitment to make, if today you just feel that this is your day of baptism, come and speak to me about it, and I'd be happy to baptize you, talk to you about that. If this is a day you want to put your trust in Jesus Christ, come and talk to me about it. I'll pray with you. If there's something else on your heart that you just need prayer for, I'm here to pray with you as Emil and the band sings. And after they sing, we're going to do a special time of uh, uh, dedication to Pete and Lori and then our baptisms.